Folks, John Hudson here. Welcome to Techno Monkeying, my own little podcast thing. Oh ho 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 ho! Oh ho 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 ho! Oh ho ho ho! What episode is this? Eight, week eight of Techno Monkeying. Hope you're having a good day, a good week, a good life. Week eight. Hmm. So it took me eight weeks to realize that I don't really know how to uh, is advertise myself the right phrase here. I don't really know. <laughs> I've never had a good outro or anything like that. But if you guys didn't know, the website that I'm at is techno-monk.com. That's where I host this podcast. And it's uh, quite nice. I, I enjoy it. It's a simple little site, but something I've put a little bit of work into. Now, it's nothing like a late night double feature picture show.com. I mean, that's that's a, a beautiful sight. Don't tell Joel I said this, but just, it looks very nice. Indeed. As always, this is an experiment. But isn't life an experiment? I mean, that's kind of the point. Or at least the premise of this podcast. Different people treat life differently, I think. Some people treat it as a test, as a, a thing that you need to get right. You have to, you have to get it right. And when you get one of the questions wrong on this quiz that we call life, you're so upset and you're just devastated. And there are other kinds of people, too. I'm not sure how else you can treat life. Life as an adventure? I mean, that's that's kind of exciting. And that's a bit more carefree and just, uh, I guess, thrill-seeking in a way. But not in, a, not in a bad way. I think that's good. And I think treating life as a test can be good. But I like the idea of treating life as an experiment. I mean, we're all here for a, a limited amount of time. It seems interminable in the, in the moment, but it's finite. We're all finite here. And so, why not try to learn something about yourself, about the world? Open yourself to new ideas? I don't know. That's my thought. Everyone treats life in their own way, and I treat it like an experiment.
So this past week, I've been working on a few things. I'd mentioned Cookie Clicker last week and how I've been dabbling in that a little bit. I've been planning out a Python script that I can use with Cookie Clicker in order to uh, make things a little more efficient. If you've played the game at all, then you know that the really the game mechanic, the central game mechanic, is that you are, after you're done like learning to click on this giant cookie on the left side of the screen, you begin purchasing buildings on the right side of the screen, and these buildings begin to make cookies for you, instead of you having to click on this giant cookie to make more cookies. And so the central mechanic is that these buildings become more and more and more expensive. And so as you get hours and hours into the game, you begin to, you have to start making difficult choices. You could buy something that's very, very expensive that also produces a lot, a lot of the currency, a lot of cookies. Or you can buy something right now that's dead cheap and that gives you a little bit more cookies. Cookies per second is what they say. Um, the And the trick is you need to, I mean, you can either kind of, this is sort of a gameplay choice. It's sort of a, a life choice if you want. P different people can treat the game differently. If you want to be incredi incredibly efficient like I do, then you basically have to make a spreadsheet. You have to go through and find how much each each item actually costs. Like you, you get it down to the question of, if I purchase this item, how much does this, this amount of production cost? So, um, each building again creates cookies at a certain ratio per, in time so it's cookies per second and each building costs a certain amount and so I ask how many cookies if looking at this building this specific building how many cookies does each cookie per second cost and with that number I can look at I can decide what purchase which building to purchase and what's best for me. And again, if you're truly, truly, like, cruelly efficient, then you will set this all out in a spreadsheet or you'll do all the math and come up with a sequence of starting from the beginning of the game into like mid game just like three or four pages worth of you buy this next then you buy this next this next this next of course there are other kinds of people and I mean I've dabbled in multiple ways of playing this game but some people you just kind of you just sit there and you 
kind of enjoy yourself. It's a game, right? And so if you see something you're kind of excited to, about, then you just buy it. If you're just there to like click on things and buy things and you don't really care about like the most getting the highest throughput of currency at, at the best ratio, then you just like, oh, I can buy this, I'll buy it now. Oh, I can buy this, I'll buy it now. And if that's the gameplay you want, then the, I mean, the whole model works that way as well. Um, it slows down your your game. I mean, it makes your game much, much longer. But it's definitely a way to play. You can play this, this game any way you want, just like life. So, in the past, I, I've been the cruelly efficient kind of player, and I've, again, I've made, like, just pages and pages of uh, a sequence of this is the order I need to go in to get up to speed as quickly as possible. And I've also made a spreadsheet um, with end game purchases kind of things, where I... I mean, I've put a, a good amount of thought into it, but mostly it's just like, it's a procedurally generated spreadsheet. I just started with the basic cost algorithm, which is a power equation, and plug that in, and then I tell it how many buildings I have, how many buildings I want, and automate the whole thing. And eventually I figured out, <laughs> I... I realize more and more that I just, I really need to get back into mathematics and all this stuff. But just simple, basic algebra kind of questions nag at me. And I, I mean, again, I just, I'm realizing I need to jump into this college algebra book, the textbook that I have on my bookcase and just soak it all up again. But it took me a little bit of googling and searching around to remember that in order to like the inverse kind of of a of a power equation so like in this case like some constant times like maybe 10 to a power and if you want to get know what that power is like if that power is x and you don't know what what it could be or what it should be then you can flip you can like invert the whole thing through a logarithm you can like break it all apart which is perfect I mean and it's also such a basic algebra kind of idea um, I'm finding more and more that I love algorithms and the robot part of me, the techno-monk part of me, wants to sort of start shaping the rest of my life around algorithms. There's, I'll leave a link in my show notes for this episode, but there's a just a wonderful video by Vsauce on YouTube about logarithms and sort of like how we count as humans. I mean, logarithms 
pop up almost everywhere that humans exist. I mean, everywhere that humans like interact with things, logarithms show up. And one of the the most basic places they show up is in how we count. I mean, in general, you think of counting as a linear thing, as one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, very, very equal intervals between each number, and um, just very measured and careful and like very metric. But in the end, if you if you would set down a child who hasn't learned like how to count appropriately, how to count like in that way, in a linear fashion, you, or like in a regular fashion, they, they still know how to gauge, like, if something is bigger than the next thing. And the way, the intervals that you gauge these things at, that these children gauge I, number of items or size of items in, is on a logarithmic scale, which is something more like, um, I actually don't know the sequence. this up because I haven't looked so into logarithms again I'm just really fascinated with them I need to spend a lot of time with them but from what I understand if you look at a a logarithmic number line it's still it still counts one two three four five six seven but like the first the interval between zero and one is equal to the interval between two three and four between two and four so instead of being all the intervals being equal like the intervals get shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter and what this really says I think is that we have a way well this the thing is that we don't as humans like naturally count in regular intervals we don't say well there's obviously one more like look at a a group of 80 items and say and then that you add one more and we say oh there's 81 items here like if you just look at it in a glance instead you would say ah that looks about the same or like if there's one and you add one more item into the stack then you're like oh there's more obviously I mean you almost don't even have to count because it's it has jumped so far but if there's a pile of items like maybe 80 then it would take maybe adding like 
10 or 20 more items for you to even notice a difference at a glance. And this, this idea affects all of our senses, like how we taste things. I mean, with taste, maybe if you add a little bit of salt to a soup, you'll be able to taste the difference before and after. But after you've added a little bit of salt, you'll have, have to add a lot more in order to taste more salty difference. probably not explaining this perfectly. Again, you really should watch this video and I really should study up on all of this because this is so fascinating to me. But I'm gonna try to incorporate that more into my life as I, as I go along. How'd I get on that trail? Oh, from Cookie Clicker. So I've, I mean, I've set up some, the, the uh, power law equations I put into this spreadsheet for like figuring out cookie, cookie clicker purchases, I put those through a logarithm in order to like switch it all around and figure out instead of like what price I should buy or like, yeah, what price I should buy a building at, instead like I, I inverted the whole thing and said, okay, just tell me if given this number of buildings across the board, how many should I buy right now? How many individual buildings? It's just a simple, simple, again, simple algebraic inversion, and it gives me something that's much easier to look at and just automates the whole thing. The point of all this is, I've, I mean, I've spent on and off the past couple weeks kind of working on the spreadsheet idea, just like every couple days being like, oh, why don't I add a little bit of a thing here? And what do I, why don't I add a little thing here? But I would, my next project is to build all of that into a, a Python script, something I can plug into the, well, the browser that I'm working in. Cookie Clicker is a browser, a web page kind of game. And so if I can build all this together into a browser, that's nice, that's convenient. But the, the most interesting thing for me is that if I can write code to shape this, this little Python script, this little Cookie Clicker purchase guide, if you will, then I'm able to like draw my own structures and uh, figure out how best to shape this problem. One of the things I like least about spreadsheets is that they're so, so like previously structured. I mean, it's columns and rows and you have to go a certain way. You have to choose functions and like put functions into functions. In the end, what you the, I think the best practice in a spreadsheet is to have simple functions in individual cells. That way you can look at each cell and read it, make, keep it readable. 
but still like chain these functions together. And that's that's fine. But I haven't really figured out the aesthetic of that. And I much prefer like sort of the abstract world of coding from the ground up. It's something I enjoy a lot. In any case, I'm going to... And, well, there's also a lot of questions that I haven't really answered correctly either. Like, the spreadsheet idea has not really truly worked for me. The way that I've built it right now is... I have... I mean, these power equations, I just plug in the number of current buildings I own, and then it tells me when I should purchase another one, another building of any category. And that's fine, but the way it figures it is it says, okay, the current price, or the price of the last building, take that and subtract it from the price of the next building, and if then we'll find the ratio of how much each how much each uh, building costs and as far as production goes and then yeah whichever has the best ratio wins the problem is that w you have a di diverse system right at the very bottom of the page you have buildings that are uh, well a power They're like orders of magnitude bigger than the, the buildings at the top of the list. And so the problem is, since the cost of these buildings grows as you purchase more buildings, I can't simply say, what is the current cost of each building, and try to find a ratio for that. Because in the end, like the, the biggest building that you can own right now, called a prism, versus the smallest, one of the smaller buildings, like a, uh, like a farm. The difference in price here is so vast. Like, let's pretend the prism costs a hundred cookies and the farm costs one. I could say, if, um, if the farm makes, like, one-tenth, or, like, one cookie every ten seconds, and the, the prism makes one cookie every second, then I would look at that and say, well, it looks like the farm, if I did my math right, the farm is actually better... Yeah, I think. The idea is that the farm would be a better purchase if you look at single purchases, but if I bought a prism, and that's a hundred cookies, then what I really need to look at is the potential purchase of like a hundred cookies worth of farms, right? And that's not, I mean, we said a farm costs one cookie. That's not, that doesn't mean I can buy a hundred farms with a hundred cookies. Because again, the, the cost is a power equation instead of a regular like interval equation. And so the first farm might be one cookie, but the next one will be like one and a half cookies. And the next one will be maybe like two and a half cookies. And so it's, in the end, the way that I'm looking at this problem right now of what to purchase next is very problematic. It's very reductive and it doesn't really work. It does, it covers what I need, but it's not like a true system. 
so I'm going to work on that a little bit. And I think I would have much more freedom within like Python to make a complete new structure instead of like trying to fit this cookie purchase guide into a spreadsheet. I don't know. Well, you guys let me know what you think. I know <laughs> I know my parents listen to this podcast a little bit and they they're both programmers and they probably will have great ideas about what to do with this. And I, I welcome any ideas. That's something I'm this is just a problem that I'm trying to work out right now and having fun with. close off, I want to talk a little bit about something that's been occurring to me lately that has to do more with like productivity. Like I, I'm not the most productive person in the world. I try to be, but I, I'm not. But the more I look around me, and the more that I live and hang out with with different kinds of people, the more I realized that I am perhaps the most organized person that I know. And that might not be saying much. Like, maybe all of the, the maker-type people, all of the people who are existing, who, I mean, who, like, live to, to make things or, or live to just get things done, even. All the productivity people might just be at home like making shit, like making podcasts and writing screenplays. I don't know, like... Nonetheless, I find that every... Anyone that I work with, anyone that I live with, I just... I meet so many people that don't know how to organize themselves and do the things that they want to do. And what puzzles me most is that these same people also, like, always, always have big dreams. These people, I mean, I've, I've had drinks with coworkers, and I've, like, tried to help out my, my bosses with things that they all work with, and all these people have great big dreams about what they want to do, um, or they have huge responsibilities, like the, the guy who basically runs my restaurant right now, runs a number of other restaurants as well. So he has a lot of stuff to work through, and yet he is one of the least organized people I know. Part of the trick to being successful is a lot of bullshit. I mean, you have to know how to make people trust you and how to 
get people to work for you or to do things for you. Nonetheless, all these people, the, the drunken dreamers and the, the busy businessmen, like these, these people all struggle so much with doing simple things like keeping track of time, like setting up schedules for things, tr- like planning appointments or, or getting projects started. I've so many times a boss has walked up to me and said, hey, this is a great idea that I have. It's great. It's a, it's a dish. It's a dish idea that I have. And the conversation stops there. I, I'm not told, hey, why don't in the next two weeks you come up with an idea and bring it forward to me? Never am I asked that. Never am I told that, like, this is, this is something that we want to work on, and so why don't I give you extra time after a shift or before a shift, or, like, really before the main um, dinner time. I, I work in the evenings at a restaurant, like a comfort food restaurant, and so I'm never told, like, here, why don't we set aside an hour of the time you're normally prepping let someone else prep your station and we'll just work on a new sorbet or a new soup instead it's the people that I'm around just have no sense of any of this it's like they're just longing for someone they have these dreams and ideas but they're longing for someone else to take the reins and so that they can take the credit and in the end I'm fine with them having the credit but the problem is that they don't know how to organize themselves and the question this brings me around to again and again is that I, I find myself just kind of with my finger over my mouth my mouth going like ah, uh, oh, oh, uh, wanting to wanting to help them in the end wanting to manage them and I'm not sure how most people think of managing, but I, this is something that I, for some reason I have such a turnoff about. I'm finding more and more that I'm, the fact that everyone else around me is so poorly organized and I'm more organized, if not the most organized person in my life, that I, it's, almost natural that I need to start learning to manage people. And yeah, that's just not something that I've ever, ever wanted to do, but I don't know why. In the end, I'm very elitist about work ethic. Like, I've spent most of my life looking down at people who don't know how to make things or don't, who have dreams but never fulfill them. I still do that, and I think that that's a, a problem in people that, that will make you unhappy. And it will keep you unhappy. You're basically poisoning yourself with your dreams, which is such a terrible thing. And it, if you want it to be, you can try to draw this out as a class thing, but I don't, I don't think that's accurate. Like, the, the richest people being the most productive or most meritocratically pure and ethical people. 
and the poorest people being lazy somehow. Like, this is not, not accurate. This is reductive. But in the end, ah, like, I mean, that, that's part of me that I cling to and I, like, focus on this work ethic kind of stuff so, so firmly. Like, I love this productivity idea and I work to culture it in my life, but... Honestly, I don't know why managing needs to be a drag. Like, delegating things is one of the easiest things you can do, and it's... It's... One of the least, like, psychologically taxing things you can do. Like, passing something on to someone else, and leaving yourself a reminder to check in with them later. That gets something out of your head, which is the whole point of getting things done. Uh, David Allen's book. Like, this, this whole thing is about getting stuff out of your head and either onto paper or into the hands of someone else so that you can keep going. You can work in like a, and in, in the end, be like more satisfied and happy. trying to learn how to how to be not just courteous towards people but maybe where best to fit into people's lives when I'm surrounded by people who don't know how to handle their own dreams like what do you think is do you think that when you're around people like this that you should uh, leave them to their own What's that? What's the phrase? Their own dessert? Desserts? Their own deserves? What the? I don't know what that phrase is. Should I just leave them own to, on their own to live their own life? Should I try to step in or offer myself as someone who can step in and handle this stuff for them? In the end, I don't... Again, I don't really care about the credit so much. I'm not the kind of person who wants to step in and like take someone's job. I, I find that more and more often I'm, I'm pretty good at being like a second in command kind of figure. Like a, like a secretary or something like this, but just in the end I am so much better at this than almost anyone I know. And the empathetic part of me wants to just work to pass that on I don't know it in the end you know what why don't you guys like let me know what you think this is this is something that I'm working on and I think in the end I want to learn how to treat managing people as the as the good thing that it is the stressless thing that it should be 
and maybe just learning to gauge where people are like if people want to be managed or if people are turned off by that in the end I mean that's how I think and so I need to I need to find a way to tie myself closer to that I guess Managing people. Alright, well, that's, uh, that's about it for this week, I think. Been talking for quite a bit there. I hope you enjoyed. As always, this has been an experiment. If you guys want to contact me, I don't have any, like, fancy contact me page on that website, but you can always uh, tweet me at Jingleheimer. That's my Twitter account. And that's where I spend most of my time, so that's that's a great place to start uh, as far as communication goes. And again, my website is techno-monk.com. I'm glad that you listened this week. Uh, and I hope... I wish you luck in all your projects. And you know what? Just... Your, your life in general. Go out and be happy. Or whatever the whatever the crap. Alright, that's it. Bye.
Thank you.